Greetings. Hello. What up? This guy. Okay. Is that what we're doing today? It's just another Sunday. I asked you five times, are you good to go? I thought so, but Wait now this fucking shit's like wibbly wobbly. It's and all now, now you want to move the mic. Oh, your shit's all No, cock-eyed. there's nothing wrong with my shit. Yeah, it's cockeyed. There's nothing wrong with it. It's you. It's, User error. It's a uh, tipsy topsy. Yeah, whatever. Don't touch it. Touch. We'll we'll try this again. <laughs> hello. Hi. How the hell are you? Wonderful. That's I don't believe you. I don't believe you. But whatever. Miss Mrs. Inked Mag. Yeah. Getting there. How's that going? It's going. Slow. For all of you uh of our listeners that don't know, Lacey uh made a submission into the Ink Mag Cover Girl contest. So Check her out on the Insta where you can vote for her. So please give a uh, vote. You can vote once per day. Start on the 19th of January ends when? Mm, the first round? Nine days after that for the first round. You don't want to do that math at all, huh? I don't. <laughs> February 8th pops in my head. I'm like, I know that's wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. 28th, 28th. Okay, 28th. 28th. Yeah. There we go. Close enough? No, not so much, but okay. You got the eight in there. That's good enough. So yeah, um, vote for Lacey, and yeah, that will be cool. I like I'm running for class president. Vote for me. It sounds like I mean <laughs> it, it is basically a popularity contest. That's what any online contest is when you like have people click on a link and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's awesome. I'm proud of you. You're Thanks. Busting out of your shell. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Oh, my bad. You know, I'm not good at that. Yeah. No, not at all. I'm doing well. This was, uh, it's getting cold outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure uh, how long this is going to last. A while. But, uh, like tomorrow the high is 52, but 100% chance of rain. So you can suck my dick on that. The next day is the same thing. After that, the low for the night is like 27. So I'm like, great. That's another $400. Electric bill coming my way for heat. I'm disgruntled. Do you, how how high do you turn your heat up? Sixty seven. Really? Yes. I'm at I'm I fluctuate between seventy two and seventy five. No, my house wouldn't even be able to keep up with that. We have a heat pump, so it takes air from the outside and it takes uh, warmth out of that. It converts it. Otherwise, if it can't maintain, which they're not good for thirty degrees, thirty two degrees or under. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not su- efficient enough, but it was put in a few years ago when the likeliness of us having colder days is, you know, slim to none because it's very good for air conditioning. It takes cool air out of hot air. It's, right. good. it's like a refri- uh, refrigerator unit. Gotcha. But when it gets down to 32 or 30, it turns into heating coils, which is basically like a fucking toaster with air running past it to heat up. So it kills your electricity. Uh, well, that sucks for you. Mm-hmm. You better win this contest. Put that all towards you. That's a ten thousand dollar change out. I thought about doing it when I first moved there, but it's a brand new train unit, so it's a good ass unit, mm-hmm. bigger than what the house needs. But it's a fucking heat pump. I don't mm. want that. And then when it's super fucking hot in the summer, it's only going to do so much, like to keep you cool. Right. I'm like, well, why? Why when I'm already paying all this money? Just give me my shit. <laughs> I fucking hate it. That's the only um, complaint I have about that house, like, big time complaint. 
Well, good luck with that. Mm, thanks. Well, with that being said, let's start the show. Hello and greetings to you, our what happened podsters. Podsters? Yeah, we'll go with podsters. This is the What Happened Podcast. My name is Cam. And I'm Lacey. And we are here. We're here, we're here, we've been here. Um, today, we have an interesting topic. Lacey found this one. Lacey, you want to... Uh, I'm going to need you to put your shit on silent, please. Thank you. Oh, you better stop. <laughs> you do not want to start with me today. Um, but yeah, I have an interesting topic. Um, yeah, you presented this one, so why don't you get into it? So they can hear me. They can hear you. <laughs> Just talk. I, everything over here, I got I, I just got know it. I was watching a YouTube I this morning it. of uh, how to fix a, a, a door threshold, and this dude had music in the background. I'm like, turn that goddamn music off. I can't hear what the fuck you're saying. He didn't know what he was doing. I do. So, applause for Cam. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, attachment styles. Have you ever heard of attachment styles? I have not. But I'm sure I'm going to learn about them today. Yes, sir. Okay, so there's four of them. And these attachment styles can be with close friendships, relationships, your kids, your parents, and whatnot, and what have you. Now, I'm sure these have been around for a long time, but over the past, like, six months to a year during this whole pandemic, you know, having less to do and paying more to social media, maybe I'm just noticing how many people are putting out content about this stuff, and it's interesting because I have a psych background, but... Yeah. Um, so there's four attachment styles. We have secure, anxious, avoidant, dismissive, and avoidant, fearful. Okay. Why don't you break those down for us? I planned on it, sir. Um, if you have a secure attachment style, you are a, you know, secure, adaptive, normal human being, I guess. You can trust uh, fairly easily. Um, you are attuned to emotions. You can communicate upsets directly. Uh, And you can lead with cooperative and flexible behavior in relationships. If you have an anxious attachment style, you have a sensitive nervous system, um, struggles communicating, uh, needs directly. You tend to act out when triggered, such as um, your partner makes, such as making partner jealous. So, like, you feel like, you know, oh, they're ignoring me. They didn't text me in the last, like, I don't know, hour. I'm going to post a thirst trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of psychoness. I've, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And then we have our avoidant uh, box, and we have that broken into a dismissive and then a fearful. An avoidant dismissive attachment style will downplay the importance of relationships, is usually extremely self-reliant, and can become more vulnerable when there is a big crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, an avoidant fearful attachment style is more dependent in relationships than um, avoidant dismissive. Strongly fears rejection, has low self-esteem, and has high anxiety in relationships. Now, I have found um, a breakdown, which I thought was interesting. They have a paper here, and it shows from the top 
of low avoidance to the bottom is high avoidance. And from the left to the right, we have low anxiety to high anxiety, okay, with secure, preoccupied, dismissive, and fearful, yada, yada. So let's find out. So preoccupied, if you're following along, took the place of anxious, anxious yeah, in the first one. Yeah. But it's a, the way they define it, it's the same. I don't know. Perhaps this is from a different country. It looks like the author's name is Yankee Akingting. So it's maybe, you know, a uh, foreign concept of preoccupied, anxious, because your thoughts are, you know, preoccupied. Okay. So, Cam, we're going to kind of break down to see, like, where we would fall. I already know where I am. But uh, see, I would think it. secure for you, but yes. you cannot trust fairly easily. You got trust issues, my friend. Do I? You have said, I don't trust nobody. I don't think I've said it, those words. Absolutely. <laughs> you. So with me, as far as trust goes, I don't have immediate trust. Trust is earned. Whereas some people, they trust you and you, you can lose their trust. Mm-hmm. I have to see a reason for me to trust you. And this is in all relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, whatever the case may be. So I don't I don't know if it's trust issues per se, but I am not like, hey, come on, you know, that that's that's not so much me. Yeah. But, you know. So on this for secure, they have mm-hmm. uh, in bold, they want contact but do not feel that they need it. Mm. With yep. preoccupied or anxious, it's want and need contact to feel loved and wanted, validated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the dismissive is do not need contact and resent anyone expecting it. <laughs> Sounds like a delightful person to be around. Yeah, right. And then fearful is want and need contact, but fear coming across as needy. Oh, that sounds familiar. Ding, tag one box. Yeah, I was trying to figure out which one you, uh, there was between two. But oh, I already yeah, know. Let's keep reading. Yeah. Okay, so for first for secure, let's see if it uh, resonates with either one of us. They are comfortable with more contact when necessary and less contact when needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Initiate contact when they feel it's necessary or when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always respond, but only when they feel it's necessary. Like always not, respond, but only when they feel it is necessary. I don't understand that. Like, I feel like you always respond unless it's something like an anxious attachment would feel a need to respond. Even like they send you a winking emoji, you know, mm-hmm. anxious attachment, like, LOL. <laughs> Whereas you may be like, okay, if I need to respond to that, I will, I'll, but I'll, I'm not going to because I want to give a response. You're not going to respond just to respond. So I'll respond just because if someone sends something, I'm not going to be an asshole and just leave them out there. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I feel like they're always the one that's going to have, like, the last word in texts. You know what I mean? Like, I'll see you in a little bit. Okay, cool. And then you're like, all right, great. Like, But I just, <laughs> yeah. So with me, it's like I'm big about acknowledging, mm-hmm. you know? So if you say something, I'm going to acknowledge it, even if it's okay, like, Whatever it is, but I don't like, I don't want to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If you feel like if I sent you an emoji out of the blue, of course you're going to be like, well, what the hell are you talking about? Or what's yes. that for? Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like, if you had a conversation, we talked about something and then I was like, I sent an emoji after that. 
oh, we don't have anything else to say. You, you don't feel the need to no, be like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. No, to no, add no, like no. an LOL or another emoji back. Right, right, right. Because you'd it be could, like, okay, let's end the conversation. It could just die there right. until we talk about something else. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Whereas an anxious attachment, it's like, I'm always going to acknowledge whatever you say. Like, Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. Like, relax. That's a whole lot, yeah. Um, let's see. Respond to no contact with respecting an ex's wish not to be contacted. So if I'm like, we were together and we're not together now. And I'm like, I don't feel like we need to be talking to each other. I'll be like, I. Right. You're not going to reach out more and more. And you're also not going to like be a recluse and drop off the face of the planet and never to be reached out again because you're like resentful. Like, so with me, there will be a conversation around the no contact. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why this is happening. But uh, further than that, then, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I don't, I'm not begging for anyone's attention or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm perfectly okay with kind of shutting it down when it needs to be shut down. So, yeah. Right. So yeah. being secure would be a, a low avoidance and a low anxiety. So I feel like you fit a lot of those yeah, I think, points right there. Yeah, I think that's me. Now we're going to go over to preoccupied anxiety, which is low avoidance, but high anxiety. Um, And this is the one that said want and need contact to feel loved and wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, They worry and feel anxious when there is less or no contact. That's me, but it's because of there's no explanation. If we have this consistent contact and all of a sudden two days you jump off the planet and like I reach out like, hey. I hope everything's good and you don't say, oh, yeah, I've been sleeping with work. Then I'm not going to know that it's not me. And I'm just going to fall off the fucking planet like, all right, cool. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, you got you got like two attempts from me to be like. That's one more than me. <laughs> I, I'll do two. I'll do two because shit happens, especially if, you know, she has kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. People got things um, that are not me that they have to take care of. I get that. But after after attempt number two, and there's nothing back. It's like, okay, that's, and that's, right, I, that's the thing that just now irks the balls me in is, your court. I'm not a huge communicator, but when I got something going no. on, I'm always first to be like, hey, I got, you know, sorry, I got all this craziness going on, mm-hmm. because I know how that feels to be like left in limbo. Like, is it me? The fuck did I do? Like, what's wrong with you? Because I know it ain't me. Because I'm fucking fantastic. Like. You must have lost your phone. I don't I, know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so p- past the point of caring. I don't. I don't put. And again, we're talking about like initial, like first start mm-hmm. of relationships and stuff like that. Like I don't put much into them anymore because I've just seen like being back in the dating world, just how flaky people can be. So I don't. I don't put that much energy into it in in the initial stages, just because I I know. I, I can only speak for women. I was going to say I know how women can do sometimes. Same with dudes. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. But I can only speak from one right. perspective. So it's just like, okay, um, like we'll, we'll be bare bones minimum. Um, and if you, you show that you want to be more communicative, you want to hang out more, and you want to put some type of effort into this, then I'll start to um, – put more into it myself but no no time before that no time before that and that's just how i have to operate that's just what it is my thing is i it's not so much i'm like oh must must be me i did something i feel more like 
annoyed by the fact that you think you can really just like have no respect and homie like that. And like, that's okay. That's yeah. what bothers me. But yeah, even if it's just, if you maintain some type of like, you're going on dates like three times in one week and then all of a sudden it's like, poof, I'm not around. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, hey, send you a text. And then you want to respond hours later or the next day. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything else. If you want to reach out, great. But then it's like, if you come and reach out to me again without explaining why you fucking fell off, and I'm, I'm not going to really give you the fucking time of day. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. So I yeah. hope you can acknowledge the fact that you fell off because I'm not going to bring it up because I'm just not going to fuck with you anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't have any time for flaky behavior. Like none. I'm, I'm too busy. I have too many things going on to put energy into something that the en- energy isn't being reciprocated in any way whatsoever. Like, I, I just can't do it. Right. It just doesn't make sense to do it. It's just, it's just no, I'm good. And I think you're I'm kind good. of conditioning how you're going to allow this person to treat you in the future. Like, oh, she didn't question me why I fell off for two days. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, that so, too. So, hell to the nah. That too. Next bullet is they initiate contact because they are afraid of not ever hearing from their ex again or whoever this person is that they haven't had any contact with for a while. Hmm. So, I can't uh, relate to that one because, again... Initiate contact because they are afraid of not ever hearing from their ex again. So they initiate contact with their ex. It says ex again, but whoever you feel the contact has fallen off with, you know what I mean? Like you're constantly, you're going to reach out more and more because they're not doing the initiating anymore. So you're basically going to smother that person. You're going to take their spot. That person will have to be really freaking special then for me to care. Right. I feel like you're going to feel even worse if you're initiating and then they just stop. That's what I'm saying. Like if, if I see that you're not making an effort to stay in communication with me, then I'm done mm-hmm. after, yeah. after some point, like I'm, I'm done. So yeah. Okay. Next is they always respond even when not required and necessary. Like we had just said about the yeah. example with the emoji and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they respond to no contact with being needy. Over contact, drama, using unknown numbers, lying, manipulation, <laughs> stalking, etc. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure what you would hope to achieve with that. Like you may feel the need to be clingy on the inside or needy. Like oh, I want to know, but once you cross that bridge, like there's no coming back with that person unless they're just as psycho as you. Because yeah, you're calling from different numbers. I think we had this conversation, uh, Alvin, before someone had reached out on a different number or email address or whatever <laughs> about some stuff. Yeah. So don't, don't do that. And for all those that don't know, Alvin is our camera guy. So when you start seeing these <laughs> on YouTube at some point, it's Alvin behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or over contact. You may be, <laughs> you may be texting and get a response. So you're going to send them a meme over Instagram or something like hit from all angles. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you're there. <laughs> so <laughs> no, the, this is like toxicity 101 right mm-hmm. here. So high anxiety. Some people welcome the toxic behavior and and actually would prefer it because that's the only way they know that someone is into them. And so, that means you probably also have anxiety. Most likely. So if 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 you're dealing and that's just how they're conditioned maybe from relationships they saw when they grew up or just relationships that they had when they were younger or throughout the years, whatever the case may be. But if they're, if 
if you're not dealing with a certain amount of craziness around you, you may think that that person isn't into you as much because they're not doing those things that you're used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the whole Facebook stalking or Instagram stalking and shit like that, or or even as even as low level as yo, who is this commenting under your pictures? Like that type of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it and and some guys and women alike welcome that. Like they'll complain about it, but deep down that's what like that's something that they that they're okay yeah, with. Like that they you get jealous for. it shows you that you care like no, Exactly. That's possessiveness and that's exactly. weird. Exactly. Especially when you're trying to like cause the jealousy. Yes. And then you're like, but you're so jealous. Like, oh I can't even I, I definitely <laughs> know women that um and you see it all the time mm-hmm. on, on Instagram where certain memes start going up. Oh my god, yes. Um and the, the captions aggressive. the <laughs> captions be hilarious because it tells the whole story, but you know on to the next or whatever the case may be or when the thirst trap pictures start going up and it's like this person doesn't really post like that. And all of a sudden, you know, half a titty is out or I'm like, okay, all right. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like again, a certain amount of um, toxic behavior is something that people are accustomed to. Whenever we would have an issue or, you know, break up, he would send me pictures of like him and like a bunch of girls at a bar. And he's like having the best time in my life. I'm like, right on bro. You doing that is not going to make me be like, Oh my God, I want you back. That makes me like be like, you really are a fucker. Like, right? That is the biggest fucking turn off. You purposely trying to make me insecure and uncomfortable. Like, that's not cute, right? At all, right? Yeah. But yeah, people perceive things differently. They, I think, in his head, he's making you jealous to some degree, or seeing like he still got it. You can still be around women. Like, look what you're missing Which out I know. on. I still got. I didn't got to tell you about it. Right. <laughs> Which drives people like that even more crazy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So next, we're going to go right down from the uh, preoccupied anxiety box down to fearful, which is a combination of high anxiety and high avoidance. And I believe this is more of my uh, box of highlighted things about me. Because I do have the anxiety, but I'm not the uh, low, low avoidance kind. I'm not going to just, like, pursue and pursue. I am going to avoid mm-hmm. that, but I'm still going to have anxiety. So I'm, like, an internal sufferer. Mm-hmm. So they want and need contact, <clears throat> but fear coming across as needy, which can, in turn, make you seem cold and unloving, but they're going to complain about you no matter what, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so they can feel hurt and scared when there is less or no contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely initiate contact, but pray and hope that their ex reaches out first. That's not me. I will... If something has happened, I haven't heard from you, I will reach out because it's, I don't expect it always to be one person, but mm-hmm. if nothing is reciprocated or I don't feel it's like a quality response, I'm not fucking trying no more. Right. Um, agonize over whether or not to respond. Yes. And respond to no contact with pulling away and acting cold and indifferent. Oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. I feel like... I don't want to feel needy. You know? Like, for one, I'm not... I I don't want to be like... I feel that awakens an inner monster when I'm like, oh, okay, you don't want me, so... Why? 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 When I... They don't deserve that attention. This chart right here is why we could never work. Because I won't reach out unnecessarily, 
and then you'll respond to no contact with just. But that's if after I've already tried to initiate a contact, like at least once. That's why it was like rarely initiate contact, rarely. Yeah, but I will do it. Uh, you know, unless this I'm goes just- back to our this goes back to our what was it ninety ten argument. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, something like that. 80-20? was it? I think so. Thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was even more ridiculous. For those that didn't hear the episode, there were these rules and guidelines. Um and one of them was when initially dating, the guy should re- reach out. It was either 80 or 90% of the time um initiating conversation and a woman should reach out the other 10 to 20. Lacey agreed with that bullshit. I thought it was ridiculous. I feel like for initiating conversations, yeah. No. But I'm always, if you reach out to me, I'm going to respond eventually or, you know. But I shouldn't. We're not going to do this again. <laughs> we are not going to. Clearly, we have not changed since the year ago that we recorded so podcast. <laughs> because once again, if I am reaching out, initiating 90% of the time, you're not reaching out initiating enough and then I'm backing all the way to fuck out. I mean, I get that because recently with seeing someone, it's like, if I can't hang out that day, then I'm going to initiate. What about this day? Instead of being like, I hope they ask me about the next day. I hope, I hope like I have no problem with doing that, but I'm not going to I be, just mean initiating conversations, period. If I have something to say of quality or like something funny to send, it doesn't sure. have to be that just fucking say hello. How are you doing today? Good? That's awesome. Great. And I say I will do that, especially if, like, I feel like contact is kind of, like, waned a little bit. Like, hope everything's cool. How was your day? And if you don't respond or it's just, like, cool, you, like, great. And then just, like, wait because you're the one that's pulling away. I'm not going to fucking chase you. I'm not going to ignore you either, but I'm just indifferent right now. It doesn't affect me when it comes to you knowing how I feel about it. 90% is bullshit. And I didn't hear anything you said after that. I didn't say kidding. 90% was acceptable, but... You were fighting for it. Anyways. Mm-hmm. The next is uh, dismissive, and that is the low anxiety but high avoidance area. And this is just like a total D-bag ass that you just don't want to deal with. But mm. they don't need no contact. I don't need no man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and they resent anyone for expecting it. Like, why, you know... Just let Why people, do you expect human decency Let people be happy. Let's <laughs> let people be happy. Oh. They are comfortable with less or no contact. They rarely initiate contact and don't care if they ever hear from their ex again or whoever is sliding off the contact scale. Uh, don't always respond even when it's necessary. I fucking hate that shit. And then respond to no contact with respecting an ex's wish not to be contacted in or indifference. In my history of dating, especially recently... I have found that the dismissive, whether it's like faked or not, and I don't know, probably fearful, have come together. Like, you're fine with no or less contact, but you're going to give that shit right back to me. You may not always respond, even when it's necessary, and then you're going to act like you never even got it. Like, I don't, I'm so confused. Like, what? And but when you want to reach out, it's expected for me to be on point with my responses and yada yada. See, this is the game. This is all the game yeah, that I don't talking fucking about. Subscribe this is to that. this is too much. Yeah. Like, this is too much. Respond to no contact with respecting an ex no. 
if I, the more I no contact, the more you're going to be up my ass. And then once we're back on our regular scheduled talking and I'm like, cool, everything's fine. Poof, there you go. And I'm not running to chase you. So after a week or two, you're like, oh, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. I don't, we're fucking too old for these games. Say what you, you mean and so. mean what you say. I don't have time for the bullshit. I'm almost 36 years old. God damn. Um, yeah. Oh, I found a I found a video on it. Awesome. So I feel like I just said these are the games people play. Part of it, because you, you touched on something. You were like whether it be intentional or, or not, um trying to be like I guess uh create some separation. I, I don't know I don't know what the goal is. I seen there's this or, one guy that I follow on Instagram and he does like TikToks with talking to himself and it's like the secure attachment comes up and he's like, you know, I'd like to let you know I really have enjoyed our time together and the, you know, dismissive avoidant is like, Oh yes, me too. But I feel like I'm getting, you know, a little bit too involved. I'm gonna have to pull myself back. And it's like, Well, I thought everything was going good. And it's like, it is, but I'm uncomfortable with that. So I'm gonna go back here. That's <laughs> That and that's that's a that's a thing too, but that that's chalked up to folks just being so traumatized by previous situations where they've been blindsided and thought everything was going well and then all of a sudden it's not going well. So you don't want to get too comfortable in the situation because you feel like it's just put so much time before the, the, the shoe drops, the proverbial shoe drops. So I I get it. I don't I don't think I'm ever there because to me it's self sabotaging behavior, um, and I try not to do that. But you know we're all human, and you're always going to protect your heart and your your well being. So I I I get it, but at the on the same token, it's like how like how much of a how what potential great situations are you going to screw yourself out of because you're being so pessimistic and so, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like waiting for something to go wrong. You don't ever want to be the person that just thinks that there's always going to be some type of bad happen. It's a self fulfilling, you know, prophecy. If you're like, this is not going to go well, it's not going to go well then. Right. You're going to either, it's going to get messed up or you're going to fuck it up because (laughs) you're just, made to live in the chaos for sure and one thing it's like okay well this person isn't giving me butterflies butterflies are not healthy for one like if you're around them and like you've been seeing them and you're still like super nervous around them that's not a good sign and then maybe because that's what you're used to and as soon as those start to dissipate you're getting comfortable and you know you're starting to gain some like stability and some trust with them and they have a secure attachment and if you're part of the anxiety club over there you're gonna be like "Mm, waiting for the other shoe to drop or this isn't right. I'm not, they're not the one because I'm not feeling the spark of like, anxiety with butterflies and wanting to throw up with a knot in my stomach every weekend when they fall off the planet type thing. Right. So, yeah. Right. You got to do – it's not up to the other person to make you feel, you know, secure as well. But you got to do some of the work yourself and really look at yourself and see, like, what is happening here? You know, am I doing acting like this way when nothing's even happened because I just want to push them away, see mm-hmm. what they do, cause drama or what. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I when I see gamesmanship happening, that's when I start to back away. I can't do it. I don't have the patience for it. I, I just don't. So I'm I'm hoping that um. Yeah, I don't know. I I did find uh, a psych to go, our favorite YouTube channel, um, video on the four attachment styles of love. So let's hear what it is they have to say and let's respond to it. Hello, psych to goers. We just want to take the time to thank you for all your kind support. We are a team of dedicated, passionate, and hardworking individuals who come together every day with one goal in mind. We want to make psychology come alive for you. We are self-funded and recently launched our Patreon. If you enjoy the work you asked, weren't as compatible with you as you thought, love involves constant choice, commitment, and work which all demand an intuitive understanding both of your partner and of yourself. One useful piece of information is learning about you and your partner's attachment styles. The intent of learning about attachment styles isn't to box love up neatly into categories, nor does it mean you're stuck with one attachment style forever. In fact, it's important to note that as time goes on, your attachment style can change from the way you evolve as a lover. If things have become fragile between you and your partner, realize that this is your chance to grow. Here are the four attachment styles in love. Number one, secure. Hello. When you have a secure attachment style, you have a great advantage in love. <laughs> so that's you feel about, comfortable going to your partner when something is off, yes. and in return, you allow your partner absolute freedom. Yes. People with a secure attachment style tend to have honest, open, and equal relationships where both partners can thrive and grow together at a healthy pace. They understand how to merge together to form a stable ground they can stand and operate on. This probably sounds too good to be true. But security is not to be confused with perfection. If People I found another secure, secure attachment style, I would propose conflict and bad immediately, just like any immediately. Other couple. But what sets them apart is Watch. their higher emotional intelligence that helps them communicate their feelings effectively and their ability to problem solve rather than attacking their partners. Essentially, they're highly resilient individuals who understand how to move past obstacles with great care and self-awareness. Number two, anxious, no, preoccupied. I'm cashews. People with an anxious, no, preoccupied style tend to romanticize love because it's all they hear is you complaining about me. Someone instead of something based off a reality. They are often attracted to partners they can save or, in some cases, those who can save them. People who have an anxious, preoccupied attachment style can be demanding, obsessive, and clingy. They're prone to overanalyzing situations, having mood swings, and often mistake turbulent relationships for passion. They can struggle from insecurities, low self-esteem, and establishing a strong sense of self. 
because they grew up without healthy boundaries and little to no guidance on nurturing their Little individuality. Number three, dismissive, <laughs> avoidant. People with a dismissive, avoidant attachment style tend to be emotionally distant in relationships. They come across as self-sufficient, independent, and can avoid true intimacy. Although space is essential for two people to breathe and be themselves in any relationship, people with a dismissive avoidant attachment style can seek it more frequently to push themselves away from being vulnerable with their partner. If at any point their partner threatens to leave them, they have the ability to shut their emotions down and pretend like they don't care. But extreme independence is an illusion because humans need connection in order to survive. As a result, people with an avoidant, dismissive attachment style have very few close relationships with others. Number four, fearful avoidant. People with a fearful avoidant attachment style experience a delicate mixture, fearing being both too close or too distant from their lover. They can be unpredictable and are often overwhelmed by their own emotions. They understand they have to approach others in order to find love, but when people get too close to them, they often hurt them. They fear being abandoned, but struggle with being confident in their partner and relying on them. They face a lot of inner conflict between wanting intimacy and resisting it. As a result, they usually experience many highs and lows in relationships, cling to their partners when they feel rejected, and if not careful, can end up in abusive relationships. Similar to the dismissive avoidant attachment style, these individuals have very few close relationships with others. Accepting what your attachment style is and recognizing the work that comes with it can be life-changing and powerful. And we hope that this information can teach you to become more self-aware and help you become a better lover. Which att- I am the ultimate attachment love style do you resonate with and how has it affected your relationships? Please. Okay, we already did that. I am the ultimate lover is all that I learned just now. Don't be hating. Mm. I feel you looking at me right now. No, but I, I, I don't know. When it comes to relationships and when it comes to friendships, when it comes to everything, I just err on the side of whatever is the most logical. And that gets me in trouble sometimes because sometimes... Your logical may not be... Absolutely. But, I, it, I mean, it usually is the most logical. Uh, it, it just is. I mean... It, the most is. important thing is emotional intelligence. If you need to know yourself exactly. first, exactly. your partner needs to know yourself. And you, if you're going to be making this a, you know, you want to try this out for the long run. Like you, you just said, we're exclusive. You need to know your love language and your partners. That's mm-hmm. number one. You need to know your attachment style and your partners. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a fearful um, attachment style, which I do, it states, you know, I need constant reassurance that you're not mad at me and stuff. If you know that, that way when you're distant, it's because you've got a lot of stress going on and you could be like, hey, it's going to be a crazy day at work. I'll talk to you later tonight. So there's just so much. Just there's all of that, but then there's lug languages and there's all this. Like, why are we doing all this shit? Like, I agree. Communication is 100% what you need to be doing. But, like, I don't know. It just all this seems like it's just too much. It's just too much. You don't want to know the person that you 
maybe I want with to, the rest of your life. It'll wait till it's to, been twenty years, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not happy. saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you like, there's so many different intricacies of people and how to communicate. Blah blah blah. Just say what's on your fucking mind, and that's it. Say just talk. Right, but for someone like me that's anxious, for me to bring something to you all the time, I may be like, what is too much? Maybe we're not like as close as I think that we are. I can't say this. And I'm just holding shit back. Whereas you're like, tell me, tell me, tell me. And I'm like, I do, I do. But if you know that I have anxiety about certain things and you talk to me like at ease and you're not like, just say what you're in your your mind, then I will do it. But if you never know I have the anxious attachment or anxiety, then you're going to be like, bitch, what's wrong with you? Right? Communication. Doesn't mean 24 7 while you're with a person, you're going to be talking about this psychological analyzing, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But it helps that when shit hits the fan and it's not an ideal day, that you can understand the other person without having to have a knockdown, drag out fucking fight first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just all seems like a lot to me. And, and I'm the communication person, but I just feel like there's so much gamesmanship happening here and it, it annoys me. That's all. And I think that's a lot to do with technology these days, too. They're always waiting for the next best thing. And I found, like, Possibly. as soon as you give that fucking dude a chance that normally you'd be like, mm, then they think they've got, like, the fucking, I don't know, button to open the dam. All the hot bitches are going to love me now. Let me see what the next step up is I can get. Oh, skirt, it ain't nobody else out there wanting your ass, but less than. And then, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just, I don't know rarity out there to find someone that's not about the games that's also not fucking cynical and yeah yeah i i yeah i don't know but i i hope that everyone learn everyone that's listening learn something because i haven't heard of these but they make perfect sense um i feel like the that last one was clearly a sociopath like there's, oh, for sure. There's no other. Like you must have a really lonely life if you there's, if you can put yeah. yourself in a place where it's like you can show that you don't give a fuck, but you actually just don't give a fuck. Then you never gave a fuck ever. That that's probably lonely. Not. Probably not. But I mean, there's there's something f- for everyone. So if that's it's how a you self preservation thing. But still, like, what kind of trauma did you have to endure? Sometimes it's not even self preservation. Yeah. Sometimes people just really don't give a shit. Like. That that's a that's a thing, that's a thing. Yeah, I also read something the other day that your um, love language is often from what you did not receive when you were growing up. So, say your mm. love language is uh, words of affirmations because you never got those words of affirmation when you were growing up. You always were like, "Oh, I want to, you know, be the best in my soccer team," so that my dad's like, "You're amazing," and you. Never got to hear that. So now words of affirmation mean extra, extra to you. So it's interesting. Yeah, but you know what I say to that? Like, there's, there's going to be something to support everything. Because some people will say it's what you got when you didn't get when you're growing up. And then some people will be like, it's what you got all the time when you're growing up. So it's what you're used to. Right. You know what I'm saying? For example, like, I'm I'm not a materialistic person. Right. So when it's people have uh, love language as gifts and things like that. I mean, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable to receive things. I appreciate them, absolutely. But when I was growing up, whenever there was an issue or turmoil within my parental unit, 
it wasn't talked about. It was let's go shopping Mm -hmm. and that fixed everything on their end. So I'm like, well, that just means you're giving me something. What have you done Mm -hmm. to to get me this that you're covering up or you're trying to pacify me with, oh, well, here's this like now. So I could kind of see it, but I didn't really lack words of affirmation or physical touch. We weren't a very, I guess, well, I guess we weren't really a touchy people. You know, we never, yeah, never like hugs and kisses. And that's why I think my, I, that's why I was like, it's not the way I communicate. My love language is mm-hmm. basically on how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? It's not of anything I was deprived of. It's just like, just continue to feel how I felt when I was you young. Had so. a healthy upbringing. That's why you are a secure attachment. <laughs> Whereas me, I'm like, whoa, moms and kids and dads and kids, they give hugs and kiss and say, thank you. And I love you. And What? Jump back. I didn't know that life until I had kids. And, you know, that's how we were with them growing up. So we weren't really the I love you bunch, but, like, it was implied and known and stuff like that. You know, just through. Yeah. 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 Yep. But it's funny, not to get off subject, but when I first, I was pregnant uh, with my first son, and we went to Michigan, because we were both in the Navy, to uh, visit them before he had to go and leave for deployment. And I, we pulled in the driveway at maybe three in the morning and I got out of the car and his stepdad came out and like hugged me and picked me up and gave me a kiss in the cheek. And I was just like, Hmm. like, so not used to that. I'm like, whoa. But I immediately felt like part of the group though. Right. So one of my love languages is touch. Don't like, let me live my life still. Like, don't always like have to have your hand on me, especially out in public. Cause I'm like, I like that. But yet I feel like you're pissing on your property. Being closer makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's a piss on property thing. If you're with each other, then it's evident that you're with each other. So at that point, they're just showing in a public place that I want to be with this person. I'm just not with this person. You know what I'm have saying? Have you ever been with someone that just won't let you go while you're in like public? It's like they've got to have a finger on you at all times. Yeah, I have. I feel like that's just like it's too not, much. It's, it's practical but it, it, occasionally. But it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think it had anything to do with appearances. I think that's just how she naturally was. She was a touchy, because even in like behind closed doors, it was much of the same. And that's not who I am. So that was always a point of contention in that situation. But I don't like, I don't, you know, looking back, like, I don't, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. It just wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, I get it. I get it. And I wish I could have been a little more like, um, yielding to it, but I, I, I wasn't, I was not. I will say one thing that's more bothersome than that is when they're always touchy feely with you behind closed doors. And then when you guys are out together, they're like three feet away from you all the fucking time. And I'm like, you know, I mean, like, that, well, I that's, like that could be a, in person. Well, yeah, that could be an indication of like, something else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's the problem here? Because I've been yeah. with people on <clears throat> dates where I'm like, God, don't get too close because I don't want nobody to know that we're together because I see a hot guy over here and this is just a horrible bad date. Let me hold up a sign. I do not know this man. <laughs> that is, like, oh, yeah. That is horrible. <laughs> Shut up. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, again, hope you all learned something. I know I did. Um, this was actually a pretty cool breakdown. Um, but now it is time for the. Oh, boy. Oh, wait, wait. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. 
Reddit relationship advice. This one is interesting. Um, the, They're always interesting. The the title caught me right away. Please help. I caught my 25-year-old boyfriend. Um, well, I'm sorry. 23-year-old boyfriend. She's 25. Recording me while I was sucking his D. What's wrong with that? Look. We'll get into it. <laughs> then we'll talk about it. I fell asleep typing this. Oh, they're explaining why they're whatever. Okay. First of all, goodness, stop explaining stuff. All right. Getting down to the, okay. My boyfriend of six years picked up, uh, picked me up tonight at my house because we were planning to go to a motel to have some fun. Sounds great so far. This is not the first time we do this. However, we've never had sex because I want to wait until marriage. Please don't judge. That's what she said. But we no, that's really that's really what she said. But we do we do have oral sex and pretty much do anything except penetration. Jeez, this is sounding horrible. Um, He told me on many occasions in the past that he would love to put put a sleep mask on me before going down on me. It was like his fantasy. Today, yeah, today while getting ready, I remembered that I had a face mask that belongs to my mom, but Uh never wore it. So I took it with me. Fast forward, when we arrived at the hotel, we were feeling very in the mood and we started doing our stuff. I told him I broke, wait, I told him I brought the mask and... We, and he was super excited to put it on me. He did it, and then he started going down on me. And he stuck it in. I didn't know it was coming. No, I was and, <laughs> and stuff, but he started going down on me and stuff, And but then he wanted me to suck his dick. I'm very uncomfortable reading this. <laughs> While he was still wearing it. I, f- He's I wearing feel this and no no, while still wearing it. So she's sucking him off while she's wearing a mask. I feel in some moments he is also covering my eyes with his hands as well. He is basically sitting on top of me while while she sucks him off while wearing the face mask. Suddenly, I try to reach out to touch his chest and my hand bumps against something that felt hard and plastic. I asked him if he was... If he had something in his hands to which he answers no. However, I was pretty sure something was going on. So I asked him if he was recording me. He says no again. Maybe he was just taking pictures. I don't know. However, I kept insisting until he finally said yes and pulls out his phone from underneath the pillow. I immediately started freaking out and asked him why he recorded why is he recording me to which he answered he just wanted to have that video so he can jerk off to it i told him it was completely wrong because he was recording me without my consent and that i feel very disrespected and if he knew what we was doing wait 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 and that he knew what he was doing was wrong because he was hiding it from me i agree with that i was so pissed i even slapped him once. I immediately asked him to take me home. So he did. We didn't speak for the whole ride. I just got out and left. 
can someone please advise what should I do? Does this happen to couples all the time? Did I overreact? Please help. I have no friends to talk to about this. And I was never, and I will never tell my parents either. Why the hell would you tell your parents that? What the fuck? Well, she is 25. She's a grown woman. First of all, y'all been together together six for years. six years and you're still a virgin and he has not asked to put a ring on it yet evaluate yourself i mean first of all they're super young yes but evaluate that situation you could have left him and two years into it and found someone that was willing to put a ring on after one year and been why are we what are years. we talking about rings she won't have sex unless they're married he's trying to spice shit up by going to a hotel yes by covering her face, because I'm sick of looking at the same fucking face sucking my dick for six fucking years when I can't even have sex. I get it. If recording it, it's a little bit different. Because, I mean, you can't think back in your mind about when you're going to Pound Town because it's just Suckville. So you at least want to visualize it yeah. later on. I fucking get it. It's not some rando. It's a, a your boyfriend you've been with for six years. Six years. Granted, he should have... Maybe should have said something. He should have said something. He should have. He should have presented. He's probably scared because you're a fucking virgin. He should have. Twenty five years old. He's terrified. He should have presented the the option to her somehow, some way. She probably wouldn't have been down, and he knew that. And it might have even come up between them before, and she or somehow, some way, and he knew that the answer was going to be no. But I feel like, yeah. I understand his plight. For sure. Because she's probably not even, like, finishing the job every time. And the f- I, I guess they went to the hotel. Like they said, they went to the hotel to spice it up. But- yeah, jazz it up. Different place, suck of the dick. I don't understand. <sighs> suck your dick on this couch over here. I'm going to suck your dick in this corner. I've never looked at this corner before. Like, save your money and buy me an engagement ring so you can get the punani. Like... <laughs> If that's your person, if not, move on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what he what he did was not right. That that's uh, I I do feel like she overreacted though. I'm sorry, I I do because I I can understand being mad. I get it. He was doing some sneaky shit. I completely understand. But one is your boyfriend, and if you've been with him for six years, I'm hoping you trust him to some degree. So you know if if like the only reason you would be mad with him recording is if you were concerned that it might get out somehow. Like, and he still let your face be covered. Well, that too. So, but he he just <laughs> he he just wants some material for later. I'm not I mad can at that because people that I've been with, I'm like, we should record this, and like, so when you're out of town for work, I don't have to send you things. I don't like doing that; it makes me uncomfortable. But also. Knowing that you're being like recorded, it's like extra nasty time. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah. Yeah. So, if y'all don't do penetration, at least let him spice it up. Give him, that. give the man something. I'm sorry. Give him something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that relationship is over. Um. Oh wait. So she commented a little later. I forgot to mention. I actually asked him to show me his phone immediately, and he gave it to me. He has thousands of photos on his phones 
So I scrolled for a while and didn't see anything weird. Also, he has a Samsung, so I know it's not like it's uploaded to an iCloud or anything. That's not a fact. There is Google right? Photos. So, yeah. And, yes, he looked remorseful and did not argue with me. Just let me talk. He has done some dumb things in the past out of lack of judgment, but nothing on this level of wrong. Um, I think it was just dumb. It was just a dumb idea. He had a moment of he had a moment out of excitement for seeing me like that, but still, it was very wrong, and I feel betrayed. He's just trying to find a new way to get his rocks off. Yeah, he still get, can't have let sex the with man you. get. And you should nuts. be a little bit like a little flattered that he's not going and watching, you know, Pornhub with these. Even that's fine. Right, that's I'm fine. sure he's doing that. Oh, for sure. But I'm saying since he can't penetrate, maybe he's like, well, I feel a little bit less guilty when I can have something to watch with us instead of right. it just always like someone else's, you know, V and it's his D. So he doesn't feel like, you know, like super homo about it or whatever. But like, like, oh, I'm glad that you, you know, want to see me like that. And it makes you feel a little more nasty. I feel for him. I do. He, he made he made a mistake. He's he should have fucking scared of he, he, her yeah reactions. Yeah, he he is, and you know, but again, communication styles. They this could have been something that was talked about, but she probably isn't the most approachable. Um, she's a she's a virgin, so I'm going to generalize here, but she's probably uptight about sexual things to some degree. So like. If you don't want to have sex, if you don't want to have sex, you definitely don't want to let me record you giving me the sloppy toppy. That's going to be my assumption. Sloppy toppy. But it could have been something that he's never said, but it was like a, his phone is next to him anyways. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to, who's going to stop the session? But is it, do I have your consent to record you? My six year girlfriend. Right. He got caught up in the moment. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I can understand her feeling disrespected, but I, I completely understand where he was coming from as well. I, I hope they're able to, um, to talk about it and reconcile. If not, bye Felicia. That's all I got for that. That was our Reddit relationship advice segment of the pod. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not going to get into gory details, but recording is amazing. It's a good time, especially if it's with someone you trust. You know, that shit's not a good Hell yeah. You know, accidentally be sent anywhere. Accidentally. Like you but, said, it just adds another level of... Like, now you feel like you're performing. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, okay, this is different. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So, any final thoughts? Are you going to work on your, um, your, whatchamacallit? Your, uh, fuck the topic. What is it? Attachment. Attachment type, yes. I've been actively working on it. Like I said, you know, someone blew me off. I gave it a day. I reached out. And then they reached back with a little stupid fucking answer. So I responded to their stupid fucking question. And then uh, we haven't talked since. So I'm not completely like, oh, we didn't talk for a day. Fuck off. Nope. I tried. You failed. So whatever. So let's be trying. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do I have anything to work on? Am I good at being, with being secure? I, I think you're a little aggressive about it. Uh, Just aggressive. say what you feel. 
Like I don't say that. <laughs> I don't. That's what I'm saying here to you and on the pod. I don't say that to them. I mean, I wish they would in a lot of the cases, but you know, I know. Again, I'm, I'm knowledgeable enough to know that everyone obviously doesn't communicate the same way so, and not everyone is going to be as comfortable with communicating in certain certain ways that I may communicate or other people may communicate. I get that. So I'm, I don't want anyone to try to do something that they're not completely comfortable with. So I get it, but that doesn't make it any less annoying when you're going through things and you're dealing with situations and it's like, yo, like we could have, circumvented mm-hmm. a whole bunch of bullshit if we just had this two-minute conversation that put us on the same page. That's frustrating to me. See, my issue is that I have a hard time initiating those hard conversations with things bothering me just because I have, like, these butterflies in my stomach, and I'm like, how do I do this? How do I? And it's like a nonstop think, think, think. But mm-hmm. I'm also not going to lie about how I feel. If it comes up, right. if something bothers me, and they're like, does that... I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie, but like, it's okay. No, it's not fucking okay. Right. So, you know. Yeah, that's never okay. And that's that's probably another topic. Lying to make someone else feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Hell to the no. That's something we could talk about. That's like codependency, uh, people pleasing right there. That's that. Yeah. Or part that or not invested, just don't want to be bothered. Yeah. Just let it like whatever type of thing. That's that's piece of that too. But, but if you say it don't bother you, whatever, then I hope that you're being honest with yourself about it because it will stick with you. That's a fact. And bother you until it's addressed. So if you can be dismissive, avoidant about it, like, I don't fucking care, and you really don't fucking care, I mean, I guess whatever. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teach me, please. <laughs> How yeah. do I compartmentalize feelings and be like, I don't give a fuck and actually mean I don't give a fuck? It's, it feels so good to be able to say that and mean it. Let me just tell you. People out there, please listen. To be able to say I don't give a fuck and actually really mean you don't give a fuck is so liberating. Um, yeah, that's all I have for that. All right. So this was the What Happened podcast. We do this for you once a week. Once again, my name is Cam. And I'm Lacey. You can find me on socials. Well, Lacey, you give your socials first, actually. Everything is under laced up eighty-five. And please go to her page to vote for her in the Ink Mad Cover Model Contest. My name again is Cam. You can find me at Call Me Cam on Insta, Cam Film Stuff, so you can see some of my work, and Hybrid Doc Productions with a Z on the end where you can see my team's work. Please tune in next week, and we thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.